Ezra chapter 1. And if I say Esther, you know how I am. Just forgive me. But Ezra chapter 1. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing. Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, the Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Whoever is among you of all his people, may his God be with him, and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and rebuild the house of the Lord, the God of Israel. He is the God who is in Jerusalem." And let each survivor in whatever place he sojourns be assisted by the men of his, of his place with silver and gold, with goods and with beasts, besides freewill offerings for the house of God that is in Jerusalem. Then rose up the, the heads of the fathers' houses of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites, every one whose spirit God had stirred to go up to rebuild the house of the Lord that is in Jerusalem. And all who were about them aided them with vessels of silver, with gold, with goods, with beasts, and with costly wares, besides all that was freely offered. Cyrus the king also brought out the vessels of the house of the Lord that Nebuchadnezzar had carried away from Jerusalem and placed in the house of his gods. Cyrus, king of Persia, brought these out in the charge of Mithridath, the treasurer, who counted them out to Sheshbazar, the, king, the prince of, of Judah. And this was the number of them, 30 basins of gold, 100 basins of silver, 29 censers, 30 bowls of gold, 410 bowls of silver, and 1,000 other vessels. All the vessels of gold and silver were 5,400. All these Sheshbazar, all these did Sheshbazar bring up when the exiles were brought up from Babylon to Jerusalem. We are actually taking a, a step back in, in time from our study of Esther. Esther ended in about the year um, 473 B.C. We've, we've backed up now to about 539, 538 B.C. Why? Well, that's just the order we decided to do the do the, the our, our our study. Ezra is actually two parts. The first part being verses one through chapters one through six. The second one is starts in in chapter ten and and goes to the to the end of the book, which is chapter. All right, starts in chapter seven, goes through chapter ten. Um, that actually uh, happens around the second half of about. 458, that is kind of divided in half by about 80, 80 some odd years. So it's, it's, it's like Esther fits right in the middle of the two parts of, of Ezra. So in, in, in looking at this, this exilic period in, in 
Israel's history after God had had punished the nation of Israel for their unfaithfulness, their, their disobedience, as, as he had told them he would do over and over, uh, per- particularly in, in um, Leviticus 26 and Deuteronomy 28, that if you disobey, I will scatter you among the nations. And, and, and he did that first with the northern kingdom in about 722 B.C. when the Assyrians uh, overthrew that that northern ten tribes, and then starting in 605 BC, when when Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar conquered Judah, the the, the southern kingdom of Judah and Benjamin, uh, of, through which the, the the line of David, Solomon, and those kings had reigned, and they continued in 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 their idolatry and and sinfulness. Now we're we're at the end of that. That period, Israel has been in Babylon, Babylonian captivity, starting in, in 605 B.C., and then another group, uh, when Nebuchadnezzar went back in 597 B.C. and 586 B.C. and took more and more captives. Finally, that last, that last attack in 586 B.C., he destroyed Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, the temple has been in, 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 in ruins now for 55, 56 years. No place for sacrifice, no place for their, their, their worship that, that, that Moses had uh, instructed them to do uh, through, through the word of the Lord. But something has happened. We, we could... We could Camp out on verse one, and and ju- and I think glean things that are that are even uh, applicable to us today. It says in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, all of a sudden Cyrus is king. They've been in Babylonian captivity since since 605 B.C. or some since 586 B.C. And now there's a new king, this, this Persian king named, named Cyrus, Cyrus the Great, who has conquered all of the kingdoms of, of, of the known world in, 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 in these times. We, we learned in, in Esther that there's 127 provinces from India to Ethiopia, from, from the edge of Asia Minor or Turkey, just overlooking that, that you can see across the, the, the straits there to, to Greece, from there down to, uh, to Iraq, Iran, uh, just this, this massive uh, land that, that Cyrus and the Persians, the Medes and Persians, have, have conquered. He is the, 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 the king of the world. But what happens? That the word of the Lord of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up Cyrus's heart. Where do you want to start? What's the big surprise in, in that sentence? God is stirring up the heart of of whom? Who or whom? One or the other. God is stirring up the heart of a pagan king. 
We think we want God to stir our hearts. God stirs the heart of His people, but God is sovereign over the hearts of all people, whether it be Nebuchadnezzar after he grazes like an animal, the, the great king of Babylon, or Cyrus, the king of Persia, who has, has overthrown Babylon and all these other nations, and yet his heart in the hand of God is what? Like Proverbs 21.1 says, like a channel of, of water that God moves it as, as he wills. That, that we see God is sovereign over, over people. But what else? God is sovereign over time. When did this happen? Moses had warned Israel, if you're disobedient, God is going to scatter you among the nations. But if you repent, he will bring you back. He will bring you back. But Moses didn't tell them when. But Jeremiah did. Jeremiah, a contemporary of, 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 the, of Daniel, in chapter 25 of the book of Jeremiah, we, we covered this a few times, mentioned it when we were studying Daniel, but in Jeremiah 25, verse 11, this whole land shall become a ruin and a waste, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. And then in Jeremiah 29, he, he even gives them more instructions. He, in, in Jeremiah 29, starting in verse 4, he said, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles to whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce, take wives and have sons, Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there. Do not decrease. Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, Do not let your prophets and diviners who are among you deceive you, and do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in the name of the Lord. I did not send them, declares the Lord. Verse 10, For thus says the Lord, When seventy years are complete for Babylon, I will visit you and will fill to you fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. So God told Jeremiah, who told the children of Israel that after 70 years, we will leave Babylon. In the meantime, you're to go there. You're to build houses, plant vineyards, marry, have children, but seek the welfare of Babylon. Pray for the city where, where you're living. But after 70 years, I am going to take you back. God is sovereign over time. Is that comforting? Is it? I mean, it is. That, that, that God knows how long we're going through a particular problem. 
it, it could be 70 years for some, for some illness or disability. It, it may be much shorter than that. But it's what? It's within God's time table. It, it's, it's God's timing is, is, is perfect. Cyrus thinks he's in control, but the writer here of, of, of Ezra makes it very clear from the, just from the beginning. God stirred up the spirit. God moved the heart of the king. And he made a proclamation. And he also put it in writing. So you get the idea that he, 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 he announced it, and then they wrote it out and sent it to all those 127 provinces that, that, we, that, that the people of Israel... Well, let's see. What does he say? Verse 2, he is, is, this is the proclamation. The Lord, the God of heaven has given me all the kingdoms of the earth and charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem. Sounds like Cyrus is a believer. But he's probably not. Let's read just a little bit more and you get the idea where, where he is not. Whoever is among you of all his people, may his God be with him and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and rebuild the house of the Lord, the God of Israel. He is the God who is in Jerusalem. So Cyrus does acknowledge God, but he's, this is the God in Jerusalem. I still have, you know, my gods here. Uh, Babylon has their gods just keep naming the, you know, the areas. The old Assyrian uh, nation has their gods. This just happens to be the God who is in Jerusalem. Now he calls him the, 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 the Lord, the God of heaven. Seems like maybe he's, he's, he is having some influence by some Jews. Who could possibly be influencing Cyrus at this time? Daniel. Daniel stayed, was in Babylon, it says in, I think, chapter 1, until the third year of Cyrus. Some of his, his, um, his prophecies, we see that he is clearly still active and involved in, in the exilic community there, at first in, in Babylon, maybe later in, in, in Persia, in, in Susa. They have found a, in 1879, found what was called the, uh, the Cyrus Cylinder. It's in the British Museum in, in, in London now. But on the, that Cyrus Cylinder, he writes, there's writing. Cyrus, they say, could not write, that he was illiterate. Uh, one, one scholar, Edwin Yamaguchi, says he, he couldn't write, but he could certainly tell people what to write for him. But, but they said that, that written on this, this, this Cyrus cylinder, that Cyrus gives credit to Marduk for his success in, in conquering Babylon. And then he asks all of the people of his kingdoms to pray for Baal and, and to pray to Baal and Nemo, Nebo, not Nemo, that's the whale, right? Ne, ne, Nebo for his success and, and for his protection. He is, he is basically a henotheist. Well, what is a henotheist? You know what? 
more than one God, like a polytheist, but a henotheist is a, is a polytheist who says there's multiple gods, but I have this feeling that one of them is in control of all the others. And, and so he's, he, he knows of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He knows of Israel's God, but he's, he's not quite convinced that he is the only true God. So Cyrus issues this decree and, 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 and says anyone who, who God so moves, let him go back to Israel and what? Rebuild the temple. Israel's been without the temple for 70 years or close to 70 years. Actually, by the time they get it rebuilt, totally rebuilt, it will be 70 years. That it was, that it was destroyed in 586 and it's, it's completed, rebuilt in 516 B.C. So 70 years there. What would that have meant to Israel, not having the temple. They're pretty much not a nation. They're not a nation. They have no identity. You know, they're just thrown into all these other uh, countries because they didn't all just settle in Babylon, the city, but they were dispersed and could, could move around, relocate in certain areas. But, but how did it affect their religion It's the center. What did they do at the temple every day? Two times a day. They have not been able to sacrifice. Why did they have to sacrifice? Because they sinned. It was for, it was for forgiveness that, that the blood had to atone for their sin. Why did they have to do it every day? Why did they have to do it <laughs> twice a day? Because they sinned every day. Sound familiar? If, if our, but if our church was destroyed, we were dispersed, we don't have the same problem. Why? Because Jesus paid the ultimate one and only final sacrifice to atone for, for our sins. But, but at this time, God's people needed that needed that altar to present their, their sacrifices. And Cyrus says, I'm, I'm charging them with going back to build a house for God, a temple, to rebuild the temple. And, and whoever God moves, let him go. Now, what would we call that? Okay, this is a stretch. This is a big stretch. God calls some people today to go. Missionaries. Maybe it's short-term missionary. Maybe it's a lifetime missionary. But who else does Cyrus bring in to this event that, that we would bring in to missionary endeavors today? Some are called to go. Some are called what? To donate, to contribute to, you know. So there are goers and there are senders, you know. Some, some, some go back to Jerusalem. Others, they, they, 
don't want to go, they can't go. Matthew Henry's pretty tough on them. He says that they, they basically got too comfortable there in their success, whether it's in Susa, whether it's in Babylon, and that it was their sin that kept them there. You know, when we get to the end of chapter 2, we'll see there's just under 50,000 who go back. You know, I don't know the, the Jewish population of, 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 of the, the kingdom of Persia at this time, but it is, you know, well over 50,000. It would seem from what Josephus writes and others that, that most of them didn't go back. They weren't... Cons <laughs> was it that they... It's ironic that that <clears throat> matches with today's history so closely. <clears throat> when the Jews went back and... And not there's Jews living all over the world, all over the the, the world today. But when in 1948, whenever the, they had that what, eight hour war, that started a big bunch of them going back. Yeah, that it was just, you know the, the the modern nation of Israel was established in 1948, and and. You know, many of them moved back. Many of them didn't. Um, so, so Cyrus says, go back if God has stirred your heart. And then he tells, he tells those who don't support them, give them your gold and, 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 your, and your silver and send them back. And then what else does he bring out and give to them who are going back? All these vessels from the temple. When, when ancient nations would, would, one ancient nation conquers another ancient nation. Babylon conquers Egypt. Babylon conquers uh, Assyria, Babylon conquers Judah. When they, when they conquer these cities, they would take their gods. When, 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 when Nebuchadnezzar defeated Assyria at the battle of, of um, oh no. No, not Jericho. <laughs> I totally lost. Anyhow, it'll come to me. Starts with the C. But that they would take the Assyrian gods back to Babylon. They didn't take Assyrian, I mean, Israelite gods back to Babylon. Why? They didn't have idols to Yahweh. They, but they took the, the vessels from the, the temple and it was, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, okay, that's a good thing about Israel. They didn't have these idols. Now they did worship idols to other gods, but they didn't have an idol to Yahweh, the, 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 the Lord, the, the God of Israel. But they had all of these bowls and basins and, and different vessels of gold and silver and that he gives them back to them. They put them in storage it seems many times to, to say, our God is stronger than your God. And to prove it, here's our God. His, his statue is in our temple. Your God, they're in, you know, storage. And it's not even environmentally controlled storage. It's just, you know, it's in this warehouse somewhere in, in, in Babylon or Susa. But he gives those back. And so he, he, he says, take your vessels also and, and go. Isn't that strange they didn't just use the gold and 
I know you would think they would have melted it down, but 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 they didn't. It, it does seem strange. Um, well, this is free will offerings and free will offerings that that these and other and other <laughs> gifts that people would give. You know that it's give them gold, give them silver. Um, do it freely, but that, that God moved um, their hearts to, to give. That for whatever reason, they, they couldn't go back, they didn't go back, and, and yet some said, okay, I will support the work. In 1813, the Prussian king, um, Frederick Wilhelm III, had been fighting the the parts of the Napoleonic Wars. He was trying to rebuild infrastructure there in, in Germany, Prussia, and, and was just out of money. Believe it or not, a government was out of money. And so he, 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 he asked the women of, of the nation, he said, give me your jewelry, your, your gold, and your silver. And in exchange, he gave them an iron cross. That on that, on that iron cross was, was that I gave gold for iron to the king. And that they, it, it became, you know, uh, in vogue for women to not wear any jewelry except that iron cross to, to demonstrate that they had been loyal subjects to their, their king. And, 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 and several preachers, commentaries that, 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 that I saw that mentioned that said, we, we do, we give our gold, how willingly do we give our gold and silver to the real king, the king of kings? Or that we give our, or, and, and then another comparison is, we give our lump of iron to God and he gives us back gold. That, that, that we give our lump of clay, our body, to God and He gives us back eternal life, the, the, the true gold standard. That, and here, the, the people willingly gave and to send the people back. And then there, the, the last verse says, all these did Sheshbazar bring up when the exiles were brought up from Babylon to Jerusalem. They go from captivity back to their, to their homeland. And that, that phrase, Babylon to Jerusalem, just, just sort of jumped out at me in, in the sense of, that's a picture of the Christian life. We go from Babylon as an unsaved person to Jerusalem the home of, you know, the, the mountain of God when, when we give our lives to, to, to Christ, sort of a, a, a spiritual type Jerusalem. We go from the sinfulness of Babylon to God's holy city. So within the, 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 the first chapter, we, we can see again, and, and how 
often was this the theme during the exile of God's sovereignty. That over and over in Daniel we saw it, in, 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 in Esther we, we saw it, and that we see that, that, that God is sovereign here over the king, a Gentile, an unbeliever, but also among the Jews that he sends back. God is sovereign over time when it happens, that he's sovereign over, over hearts, that many were moved, but they still had that volition to make that choice themselves, whether or not they, they were going to go. Is there another way of saying God is sovereign? Or, or, or what does that mean? And, and does it fit well with the American psyche? God is in control. God has the authority. Do giving do do we I know we believe that in with head knowledge, but do we believe it with if there's such a thing, heart knowledge? You know. Is it just, okay, I know God is in control, but when things aren't going exactly as I want them, is he in control? Was he in control those 70 years that Israel was in captivity? But notice, hand in hand with that sovereignty of God is that he is he fulfills his promises. Moses told them, you'll be scattered among the nations, but God will, will bring you back. Jeremiah said, you're going to be in captivity. For 70 years you're going to serve Babylon, and then God is going to judge the king of Babylon. And it, and it, and it happened. Remember Daniel chapter 5, and that very night when... when uh, Belshazzar was, was having the feast and the Medes and the Persians dammed up the Euphrates River and walked under the walls of Babylon and, 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 and overtook the, the whole nation that, that, that God fulfills his, his word, his promises. What has he promised us? I remember one challenge one time was to write down all of the promises that God has made that you can remember. And that's, that's just not a fair challenge. I mean, you know, we, 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 we may remember certain things, but it's like, and it's, my negligence that I don't take all of these to heart, you know, that I don't remember them. But what has he, what are some of the things that he has promised us? He's going to put our sins as far away as the east is from the west. How far is that? Well, you can start walking east or west. You take your pick. 
and walk in a straight line, and you will always be walking that same direction. You know, that He is faithful and just to forgive. If we repent, that He is faithful and just to forgive our sins. That He will never leave us or forsake us. And, and, and so when we, we, we see God being sovereign, that the circumstances don't matter. Were the Jews expecting to go back? Maybe a handful. You know, Daniel, remember, he read about this, the book of Jeremiah. Or was it chapter 7? And, 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 and remember the, the, the promise, and he came across the promise that, that God was going to, to you know, send the people back. Um, and so he, 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 he prayed, he, he, he fasted, he prayed. Actually, it's um, chapter 9 of Daniel that he said when he... In, he, he, he perceived the number of years in, in, the, in the word according to Jeremiah, and he turned his face toward God, seeking him, you know. And so that he, he, he knew God was faithful, but he, he also knew that the people needed to repent. I think maybe we forget about repenting a whole lot. We want, we want God's forgiveness, but we don't always realize that part of that is repenting. Not just being sorry because we got caught, but being, but 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 repenting that that word that kind of means to the rear march. You're going this way and you turn and you, and you go the other way and, and, and ask for God's forgiveness. Next week, there's a bunch of names, chapter 2. Um, if anybody r reads ahead and you think you got it all down, Carla said she would. Okay, well, good. <laughs> Okay. You know, we talk about not all of them going back, but in verse 5, it specifically mentions the tribes of Judah and Benjamin. Uh huh. And they were part of the southern kingdom. Is that relevant to who went back first or not at all? Um, I don't know. It may be relevant to who went back first, but it, there's a third tribe mentioned there too the tribe of Levi that doesn't have land. You know, they had cities, the, 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 the city of the Levites scattered throughout the nation. Um, Didn't most of the northern kingdom get scattered before the southern kingdom and they weren't necessarily in that area? Well, but, but Persia controlled the area where any of the northern would have been, you know, that they were taken to... Assyria, north of, of, of Israel and west of, um, of Babylon and, and Persia. So um, I couldn't really figure out how 
I, I read a couple of things that said there were, the other tribes went back as well, and they and they gave verses. And I'm like, I can't see where that means the tribe of Asher had people go back. So I don't I don't, I don't really know. It seems like they were maybe the first ones because they're in in per, in Persia in Susa when when he per, presents this this edict, this proclamation to to go back. Um, and many of those in the northern kingdom who were God-fearing had actually moved to the south. You know, remember, many of the, of the priests had moved to the south uh, because, you know, certain kings wanted to set up their own priests that would do what they wanted done. Uh, but it seemed like predominantly it's those who had been in Babylon were the first, maybe. It says something about uh, the ten tribes of the northern. Uh, they had been so dispersed by Assyria, they might not have been real sure of their real heritage. They didn't share the same vision of going back and rebuilding the temple. Mm-hmm. So they 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 were pretty scattered and you know and, and they've been you know a hundred years before you know so if Israel if Judah's been there seventy years then the northern tribe have been dispersed for a hundred and seventy plus. They sort of became the Samaritans. That the ones that stayed, yeah, that were the the, the Samaritans, and eventually build their own temple uh, there. Okay, so the exile is, I think it still teaches us, uh, you know, today, as, as many have said, we, we're sojourners here. This, this world is not my home. <clears throat> so we'll, we'll, we'll go through Ezra, Nehemiah, skipping over a lot of these names, um, at least you know, in, 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 in the reading and just see how even though these things happen, they still remind us that God is faithful to His, to his promises and that God is, is sovereign over time, over people's hearts, and over, over kings, presidents. You know what I think of when we have all these names recorded, which don't really mean that much to us, how important individuals are to God. That he knows that each is, yeah. each one that... Um, and if he knows all their names, he knows my name too. Yeah, it's... I had I kind of had that same thought, but I, but you said it a whole lot better than I would have said that. You know that 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 if God knows all these names, and so He knows my name too, and He's He He's He's saying these people were faithful and and went back, and that's um, certainly how we would want to live as well. Any other? Thank you for the observations and. Um, and the help on that. Any other word before we go? Remember desserts for um, VBS workers. Well, let's pray and then then we'll go. Father, I thank you for your word, God. We we 
we thank you that though these events happened over 2,500 years ago, we see your faithfulness to your people, that you seek to restore their position, that you didn't forget them in exile, but that your love for, for Israel and for your people even today is, is so great. You desire to, to bring us all back to you anytime that we may sin, that we may falter. So God, just lead us to repentance that we might receive that forgiveness that, that you promise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.